for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks. My sermon is servanthood. And oftentimes we, we look at ourselves and we think we're unworthy. We think God can't use us and we think that uh, we're this or we're that. We like to pull ourselves down rather than build ourselves up. As a matter of fact, one thing Christians should do for one another is build each other up. Amen. We're not to be tear downs, we're to be builder uppers. And I, I want to let you know uh, that it's extremely important that we find a purpose. If we don't know what it is, God will help us to find a purpose. He just will. That's the way God operates. And one of the first things that he'll do with you is he'll do his best to get you saved. He'll do his best to get you under the blood. He'll do his best because if you're a saved individual, if you're a child of the living gods, then you have the ability to have purpose. When you're living in open sin and you're not living for God, your purpose is worldly. It's not godly. But when you get saved, and I, I like to use my own self as an example, and let me tell you why, because Leonard was a sinner. I hear pastor talk about his past life. Well, his is not, a, not hardly any different than mine. I, I had a childhood that was quite different, but I'll tell you, the life that I lived as a young adult, didn't reflect God at all. <coughs> it reflected the devil of hell and what the devil of hell does. And what does he come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. And I was good at helping him. Yep. And you know, uh, but here's what happens. And I, and I love this because God is so good in his mercy and his goodness. What he wants to do is he, he, will, he will cause you to be put into a position to where you're usable. And when I got saved, I like going back to that. I wish I knew the, 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 the day that I got saved. I didn't get saved in church. I didn't get saved by a Sunday school teacher. I got saved by a 19-inch television watching Jimmy Swaggart. But let me tell you, when Leonard got saved, Leonard got saved. And I wanted to do something, and I didn't know what to do. And I had a friend. Her name was Willene Rawls. And she and I would occasionally talk about personal affairs. I'm not talking about sexual activity. I'm talking about our past life. I'm talking about the loss of our families. I'm talking about the loss of our homes, the loss of our jobs, the loss of everything. We would talk about these things. And she encouraged me to go to a God, Holy Ghost filled church called First Assembly of Clarksville, Tennessee. And I heeded that suggestion. And I found some purpose in my life. Now, you know what? We talk about purpose, but sometimes we don't have a clue what it is or, or what we're to go about. Let me give you a perfect example of purpose. The best one I can think of is Jesus himself. Now, you see, if you look at Jesus' life, if you look at him when he was born and raised up and the, when he was 12 years old in the temple and we go on up to where he started his ministry, 
His own disciples didn't have a clue of what his purpose was, but he did. And his purpose was the cross of Calvary and the salvation of your soul. And let me, let me just tell you right now, even up to the point of his death, those that were around him and saw the miracles and all that did not recognize the purpose of Jesus. And sometimes we are so blind we don't recognize our own. I used him as an example because we, you, and I wrote this down, some things you, uh, as you get older you don't remember real well. When you find your purpose, you find your destiny. The things of life don't waver your purpose. And Jesus going to the cross was his purpose. There was tragedy ahead when he looked at his purpose. He had to bear my sins in his body and Father God had to turn his face on him. Now I want to go back. So Leonard got saved. Boy, was I full of the Holy Ghost. Gosh. As a matter of fact, this Catholic boy, you know, did you notice something odd about Leonard? I'll be back here next to Willine, and, and I'll, I'll start getting a little touch of the Holy Ghost, and this is what I do. <laughs> the Catholic boy's coming out. Because we were taught to fold our hands and be reverent before the Lord. And I, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a clue what to do, but I wanted to do something. I've heard pastors say he started out in the parking lot. Well, I tell you what, I brought one of these little cards up here, Pastor Rick. You don't know what to do. You might start right here with a purpose. So a little card came by at church. It was about not quite this big. It was more like a postcard, but it was upright like this one is. And there were a number of things involved in that. And one of the things was nursing home ministry. And I thought, you know what? I always did like older people. Didn't recognize one day I might be one. <laughs> and so I checked it. Well, that night, I got a call from the, from the man in charge of nursing home ministry, a sweet gentleman. Leonard, we're going to be at XYZ Nursing Home on Tuesday night. Are you coming? Yes, sir, I'll be there. And then we got there and we're, 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 we're doing praise and worship, you know, and he's leading a song and he was a good singer and a sweet man. And he, we got through and he said, uh, Leonard, how come don't you sing? And I said, well, you have to understand this is a Catholic boy and I don't know any of your songs and I can't read music but I've learned some. But here's what happened. So we go along and one night he says to me, he said, uh, about, I'm only about six weeks into this and here's what he said. He said, now, Brother Leonard, next week you bring the message. I said, oh, oh wait a minute. No, 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 no. Yeah, next, next week you bring the message. I said, I'm not, I can't do that. He said, yes, you can. Turn around and walk off. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. This white Bible is highly worn. If you could look on the inside where my fingers are, the pages on a lot of these pages in the New Testament are brown from use. 
This is my third Bible. I wore out the first two. Hunting things that I might tell someone that would touch their heart and lead them to Jesus. See, I found out what my purpose was. I'm a soul winner. I love to lead people to the Lord. I like to help them to get an understanding of how important it is to have heaven as their home. Hell is a terrible place. And you don't want to go there. And God didn't figure for you to go. He didn't create hell for you. Hell, the Holy Word of God says hell was created for the devil and his angels. It was not created for us. That none should perish, but all should have everlasting life. That means every single person. You know what the problem is? I can tell you what the problem is. I don't got a touch of the Holy Ghost. If you can turn me off for just a minute. Sir? Now listen. Father, I just have to stop just a minute right now. And I have to just thank you that you're a God that cares. Could we just praise you and give you glory right now, Lord? Would you touch these, your people? Well, oh, Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you use me in such a way that they'll be moved by the words that I say. Not my words, but your words through me. I yield my mouth to you. I yield my body to you. And I ask you to use it in every form and fashion that you find fit, that somebody's life might be touched, that somebody might find their purpose. And we'll give you the praise and the glory. Yes, we will in Jesus' precious name. Now I want to go back because, see, it's important that we understand Sometimes we don't have a clue what we're to do, but here's what you do. You start doing something for God. By the way, I want to go back to Pastor Rick for just a minute because I want to read verse 21 to you. He stopped at 20. 21 says, So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. We want to be rich toward God. And how do we do that? We work for him. We don't have to be a preacher to work for him. We don't, we don't have to be a, we don't even have to be a Sunday school teacher or one of those to work for him. You don't even have to sometimes speak a word if you'll just show kindness. And I tell you what, I get upset with myself because I'm still trying to overcome some of the things in my life that would, that caused me not to walk with a Christian attitude, a Christ-like attitude. Go back to purpose. So I started there. Willene and I moved from our wonderful place of Clarksville, Tennessee to Shelbyville. We, had, we went to Assembly of God Church. They're a little small church. We helped them build a new building. And God brought us here. And we didn't want to come here. Not anything against Lebanon, Tennessee. We loved Shelbyville. We had our friends there. We had our church family there. We had, we had roots there. I'll tell you how deep our roots were. When we left Shelbyville, Tennessee, and we drove by our church as we left town, we held each other and wept. But you see, God had a plan. And my purpose was in his plan for Lebanon, Tennessee. And so what did I do when I got here? 
I drove right down this road right here. I'm coming right down this road. I like telling this because God is so good. He's so good. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm almost, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Lord, why did you bring us here? Why did you bring us here? What purpose do you have? For, you want to be a missionary in China? I could have been a missionary in China from Shelbyville. No, here I am in Lebanon. Just think about it a minute. So you know what I did here? I joined the Gideons here. I was a Gideon in Lebanon. I joined the camp here. Well, it wasn't long, and I started finding out things that I needed to do. I found a little bit of a purpose right here in doing God's will for my life. And God's will for my life is, is soul winning and praying. I'm a prayer warrior. And I, and I just want to tell you, Look here, I didn't have a clue what God had in mind. As a matter of fact, when I'm coming down this street and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you have me to do? And he didn't answer me. And back in Shelbyville one time, I asked him that and he answered me. And let me tell you what he said. He said, what I have for you to do, you're not ready for yet. So sometimes we have to grow in order to get where God can use us for his purpose. True. Because we're not mature enough to be able to handle what God's got in mind for us. And so, about two weeks later, coming down this road, I'll never forget it. I'll tell you what, I was kind of upset with God, and it, I only asked him to not send me one place. I said, Lord, please don't send me to the jails. And he answered me. But Leonard, that's where I want you to be, from the heart not this thing pumping blood, but the spirit man in your bosom, the mouth speaketh. I mean, it shot out of my mouth like a bullet out of a barrel of a gun. But Lord, I can't do that. Why would you say such a thing, Leonard? Why? I'll tell you why. I want you to think of the wicked things that one person can do to another. I tell this because it's true. I've handled the bodies that were shot. I've handled the car wrecks. I've been in the blood where you, your shoes had stick to the floor. I've seen the wickedness of man. I've seen what the one can do to another. And Lord, give it to them. They deserve everything they get. You give it to them, Lord. That's why I didn't want to go to the jail. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell these guys about Jesus and these gals about Jesus who are so wicked and vile. Uh-huh. I didn't look in the mirror. Come on. But then I came around and I, I was driving by the jail about that time. And I'm going down Highway 70 towards Watertown. I was working for Lojack Materials as their architectural sales rep. I said, Lord, I, I, I was thinking, oh God, Leonard, what did you do? What did you say? What did you say? You're telling the Lord you can't do what he asked you to do? He's God Almighty, and you're telling him you won't do it? You better repent. When God tells you to do something, you don't do it. It's called sin. It doesn't have to be written in the Ten Commandments. God tells you to do something, and you don't do it. You're disobedient to God. That's sin. And so I said, Lord, I'm going to do what you asked. But he told me something. When I, when I came back at him like that, this, I'm going to tell it to you just like he said it to me. Because I remember it like yesterday. But Leonard, 
I'll be with you. And I came back again. I just can't do that, Lord. Conversation was over. So I reminded him. I said, Lord, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to remind you of something. This is what you said you would do. You know, I've, I've been going to that jail now probably somewhere around 24, 25 years. I have never walked in fear in that building. I've gone into any cell. I wanted to go anywhere I wanted to go. I don't care if they were murders, rapists, whatever they were. I never once walked in fear. Not one time did I ever walk in fear. I don't fear much anything, to be honest. What can man do to me? Kill me? I'm telling you, See, when we lay a hold, and I finally discovered my purpose by being obedient. Starting off where, where you know, I started off in the nursing homes. And, I, and God would lead me and direct me and guide me, and he'd help me to, to, he'd give me words to say that would touch people's hearts. And it moved me. And I would see people come to Jesus. Now, I want to share something else with you. See, we like to kind of be, well, I'm a hot shot. And I used to keep track. I, I wish I'd have brought it along. I've still got it at home. I've got a, a folder. I've got pages of people that I led to the Lord. One day, the Lord said to me, he said, why are you doing that? I said, well, Lord, I'm, you know, I've got a record here. He said, I got your record. I never wrote down another name. Praise God. I want to go back to your purpose. Because see, sometimes what we need is a little bit of encouragement. I'm not here to hammer you. I'm here to try to spiritually help you. Because if you really want to discover your purpose, just first of all, you can ask God. Sometimes he'll answer and sometimes he won't. Sometimes, we, you know, we don't hear God. He talks to us and we don't hear him. We're too busy. When my neighbor laid on the floor all night, I love telling these things because they're true and God spoke to me about it and he, he just whooped me real good because she had broken her leg, laid all night in pain. I drove as close to her as that door right there with her laying on the floor and I said, Lord, why in the world did you not tell me I would have done anything for that old lady? And he answered me. You were too busy to hear my voice. Sometimes we get too busy to hear God. Amen. We don't take the time to listen. Betty Baxter said, if, if, you, if you don't want to hear from God, don't have any quiet time. That means keep your mouth shut and listen. Because God often will direct us if we'll just do that. Now I want to go back to your purpose because it's really important. Start somewhere. It doesn't have to be at the top of the heap. God wants you to sometimes start at the bottom of the heap. But start somewhere. Do something. Uh, I have a, a, an individual that I know real close that suffers a lot, a whole lot from anxiety and fear and, and there's another name for it. Uh, I can't think of it right at the moment, but this is what I said to her. Take your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on somebody else. Stop thinking about all your misery and start thinking about the misery of others and doing something about it. Find somewhere where you can be a blessing to somebody by showing the kindness of Jesus. 
Now I'll tell you, there's all kind of places that that can be done. It's it sometimes is hard because you're going to have to love somebody that's not lovable. And I'll tell you, I learned something in the jail ministry, and this was such a wonderful thing that God did in Leonard. I didn't do this, God did this. I never saw a prisoner that I didn't love. I never saw a prisoner that I didn't want to help. I don't care if he was a Muslim, I don't care what he was, and in all the years I went in that jail, I don't believe I ever asked anybody why they were there. Because I wasn't there for what they did. I was there to try to help them to find help in time of need. I knew the helper whose name is Jesus. And see, God will use us. I don't care who you are. I don't care how you, you may think, Leonard, I'm so uneducated. Let me tell you something about education. You take the inspiration and the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't care what kind of doctorate you've got, this or that you've got, but that degree from the power of the living God will will direct you and guide you. He'll never put you in a place that he'll not supply the need that you need to take care of that situation. So it has nothing to do with education. It has to do with your relationship with the Father and his son Jesus and the hearing of the Holy Spirit. Because oftentimes he speaks and we don't hear. Why? You were too busy, Leonard, to hear my voice. I wanted to tell you, but you were too busy. And he was. I was. I had about 14 things on my mind that morning as I zipped out of that driveway trying to scratch rubber just a little bit to get where I needed to be right now. Truthfully. Sometimes we need to step back and smell the roses. Seasons come and seasons go. But our purpose doesn't change. See, we look at Jesus and we look at, at, at his life and when we look at it at the beginning on down through his three years of ministry on this earth, Even his own apostles didn't recognize when he told them, I've come to die for the world so that we could have freedom from our sin. I came for that purpose. That's my purpose. That's my purpose. But all the things he did up to that led to that purpose. And then when it was finished, when the last words out of his mouth, he said, it is finished. I've done what I came to do. My purpose is complete. Now I go to seat at the right hand of the Father to be your intercessor. Now he is at the right hand of the Father interceding for Leonard, Leonard's children, his church family, our purpose. If you would go with me to... 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I tell you what, I think that clock's broken. I think it's going to stay on about a quarter to eight. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, I'm not going to read all these passages. I'm just going to touch on them. In 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, verse 7 through 13, the manifestation of the Spirit is spoken of there. For as the body is one and hath many members, talking about the church body, 
And then if we go to 27 through 31, and you can read these for yourself, it says, now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And what are this? This is, this is the uh, members in particular. What, what is particular? All of the various activity that is involved in the church there. Now, why do I bring that up? Because that will designate purpose. Then if you look at 2 Corinthians 6, And one good thing about a worn Bible, the pages come apart real easy. 2 Corinthians 6, 6 uh, uh, A of 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. See, as his people, we're to be separate. If I could get you to turn me off one more time, please, sir. I don't have a cold. The Lord wishes for us to be separate. We don't defile ourselves with the things of the, of the world. Uh, uh, 27 through 31, same chapter. Chapter, no, that's 1 Corinthians, not 2 Corinthians. Let's see here. While, while, while I'm in uh, uh, Corinthians, go, go to... Uh, uh, 18, 5.18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now see, for one thing, you say, well, Leonard, I don't know what my ministry is. Well, you've got one appointed to you by God. Amen. There it is. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their transgressions unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. The word of reconciliation is the word of Almighty God. Yep, that's right. We are to reconcile the, wor the world with the word. And we don't do the work. Uh, D.W. is so adamant about this. Oh, see, see I'm, th this is what I'm a believer of. You've got somebody that needs to hear about Jesus and you got him right here and you're talking with him. And you don't open your mouth. God isn't going to strike him with the power of the Holy Ghost and fill him with the Spirit. He wants you to open your mouth and tell him about Jesus. That's right. See, that's what pastor's been trying to get us to do, to be individuals who will help make disciples. Disciples, what Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples or my followers, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Says. Disciples are people who know Jesus. And if we know Jesus, it's hard for us to, truthfully, if we really know Jesus, it's hard for us to keep our mouth shut Amen. because we want to tell folks about the goodness of our God. I love talking to you. You know why? I'm a living testimony of the goodness of Almighty God. I should have been in a pit of hell 40 years ago. Honestly. But God, in his mercy and his goodness, somebody 
told Leonard about Jesus. I was, it was on a 19-inch television. But I'll tell you, when Jimmy Swaggart gave that message, he, he should have put my name in it because I, I thought he, I was waiting for him to call my name out anytime because it was so personal. And sometimes God will use somebody else to touch us. I've had many touches since. I want to show you the love of Jesus. Billy Jones was the pastor at First Assembly in Clarksville, Tennessee, a congregation of about 2,200 people. I went to his office, made an appointment. I told him of every sin that I could think of, and I, I think the average man would have probably vomited. But you know what he did? He knelt me down at his couch. He put his arm around me and prayed the most beautiful prayer over me, asking that God would freshen me, make me a new creature, that I might be used to him. You know, sometime to whom much is given, much is expected. Paul said that. He said, I'm a vile and wicked sinner. I'm probably chief sinner of you all. But how did God use Paul? Paul knew his purpose. And he accomplished his purpose. His purpose was to be an apostle. His purpose was to start churches in places like Ephesus, Rome, Thessalonica, other places all about. He built churches. Now looky here. We can't all be a Paul. We can't all be a Pastor Jim. But I'll tell you what we can be. We can be what God has called us to be. Amen. And sometimes we don't know what to do and we don't know where to start. Start where you have an opportunity. Just start where you have an opportunity. You might be surprised where God will lead you. I have a couple more uh, scriptures that I want to give to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Yes. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What? Be not conformed to this world. Don't let the devil of hell suck you into the world system. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How to renew our mind? Well, let's see. Philippians 4.8 is where you'll find that. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I like to start at four, but for the conservation of time, I'll not do that. Verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. What? True, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, and virtuous. The renewing of the mind. Don't tell me it's easy because I know it is not. 
I still struggle with mental issues. There are seven things that the Lord hates, tells us in the book of Proverbs. One of those things is a, a, a mind that, that works up wicked imaginations. I'm paraphrasing. When, we, when we, we like to think up sinful things, maybe sinful pleasures that we've enjoyed. Maybe it's somebody that needs killing and you're going to mentally do it. You follow? Yeah. Wicked imaginations. And it's so easy. Oh, the devil is so good at it. He'll whip you right into that instead of us thinking on these things because oftentimes what we need to do is we need to have a mind conversion. And it's not easy. It is hard. Daniel 1.8, and I'm going to close with that. The book of Daniel. I got a hundred up with you, but I'll find it. And this is talking about the, 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 uh, uh, the Hebrew boys taken into captivity. It says uh, in, in Daniel 1.8, it says, But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now we're talking about, and, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to uh, go down to verse 11 and name them, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's the four boys. Then if we... If we, we look at verse 17, as for those four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now listen, you look at here. Why does God do things like that? Why would he take, a, according to this world's standards, an, unest, an uneducated person like Leonard? Why would he do that? Right here's your answer. Because the education that we need, if we want to do God's work, it needs to be led by the Holy Spirit. And if he calls you into ministry, I promise you he'll equip you. Yes. I want to just show you how. I tell this because th this is so wonderful, what God did to Leonard. I'm standing at the front of the jail cell. A-pod. Old jail. Built like a horseshoe. A-pod. I'm standing here. The door starts sliding open. First time in the jail. I didn't want to be there. The Lord knew I didn't want to be there. I had prepared a simple message that probably a, a child in, a, in, a, in, in uh, eighth grade could have delivered. I look inside and I see these orange uniforms. Do you know what Ephesians 6, 12 says? I looked in there and you know what I saw? I didn't see a rapist. I didn't see a whoremonger. I didn't see a drunk addict. I didn't see a wife beater. I didn't see anything like that. I saw men that needed God. And then, then the Lord quoted the scripture to me, Ephesians 6, 12. He reminded me that Ephesians 6, 12 says, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. And then this is what he said. Now, Leonard, when you go home, I want you to look in the mirror and remember what I forgave you of. Come on. You know what happened that day? A miracle happened. Five men gave their hearts to the Lord. 
And Leonard was never the same because I opened the door to my purpose. All those years that I worked at various things, I worked in the nursing homes, I worked in the various places, God was preparing me for the jail. He was preparing me for a place where I could touch people's hearts. And you know why I was effective? I'm telling you. I never, ever walked in there with malice or hatred in my heart toward those men, but I walked in there with love. Faith worketh by love. If you don't love, you're in trouble. I mean it. I sometimes love too much. I just, I tell you, can I help you today, church, my brothers and sisters in Christ? If you don't know what your purpose is, Maybe you really don't have a clue. I'm going to ask you to just stand right where you are. Father, I remember what a gracious and wonderful God that you were to me. And I feel like there's more, Lord. They shouldn't feel. I didn't do this to embarrass anyone. I didn't do this, precious and mighty God, to so that they can look around and say, oh, they don't have purpose. No, just the opposite. I did this so that I could bless them. Because I know you're a prayer answering God, Lord. I know that you are. You answer prayers, Lord. I see it all the time. Last week in D.W. Sharp's Bible study, we prayed for an individual. Serious circumstance. Oh, Father God, you wiped it out like taking a damp cloth to a chalkboard. My God. Oh, hallelujah. Father, these that are standing, would I, could I ask, oh, President mighty God, you improve what, you, what purpose that they, you have designed for them. Let them begin to learn what it is. Let them fall into a place, oh, President mighty God. I like that fall in. If you fall into a hole, you know, a deep hole, uh, sometimes the jolt will wake you up. Let them, oh, President mighty God, find their way toward you, that you can use them in such a way. And there's one thing that we all have. You, I, just, I read it to them a while ago. We have the, the, uh, the part of reconciliation, reconciling one to another. And that word, using the word of God so that we can win the battle for others, Lord God, who are striving so hard and don't know what to do. I pray a blessing on these. I pray, oh, precious mighty God, that you will bless each one, that they will know exactly what you've designed for them and give them an idea of how to begin so that they can get started on it right away. Because you know what, Lord? I really believe this with all my heart. You're coming back and you're coming soon. I don't think we can, uh, listen, we may not make it home, Lord. When you break the eastern sky, I pray this often, Lord. Please don't leave Willing and I here. Our name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Suck us up out of this place, O precious and mighty God, and help these, O precious and wonderful Lord, as they find their purpose, they'll be soul winners. 
It may not be, Father God, that they, they'll be uh, preaching or this or that, but they're, they're going to find a purpose in which people will come to know you, Lord. They will. We can't do your work and not help others come to you, Lord God. We might lead them to the church and let pastor win them. We, we might do something kind and get them to somebody else that'll win them. But Father, our actions may be the thing that brought them to a place where they could be saved. So we just praise you and thank you. Let purpose fall on everyone that's standing, O precious and mighty God. Let their hearts dwell on you. Let them search out your word. Psalm 119, 105 says, My word shall be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. My word shall be, shall be, shall be, not maybe, not could be, shall be. Hallelujah. I thank you and praise you for the privilege, Lord, that pastor has given me. I pray in some small way, Lord, something that I've said has touched the hearts of your people. That'll draw them closer to you and make them more active, Lord, in the purpose that you have designated for them in their lives. I pray it in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. amen.